0: Good morning and welcome to another amazing episode of my podcast. It is Michael, a.k.a. Kazo, coming to you live from wild and wonderful West Virginia. Lord, it is a beautiful day today. There is not a cloud in the sky that I can find. It is warm. I'm up to 55 degrees, which I am grateful for because only a few days ago it was bitter cold. Down in the teens and nine. Well, that's never any good. I'm not happy for anybody. But so I'll take fifty-five degrees, beautiful, dry roads, scenery, mountains, forests, and uh, well, my final destination is South Carolina, and I'm pretty excited about that. It's a uh, nice uh, customer that I'm going to to deliver at. I'll get live unloaded at six a.m. and then I get to turn around and. Drive straight on back up north, so uh, good way to start off my week, in my opinion. So what is going on inside my mind? It's been a few weeks since I've made a podcast, and I've actually been having trouble thinking of what to talk about. I mean, it's I've given some talking about you know, my life, the troubles that I'm going through troubles uh, in truck driving, good things about truck driving. I've tried to educate you all a little bit about truck driving. And I was talking to a uh, very dear friend of mine, and they asked me, well, what's really going on in truck driving? And I thought about it, and my answer was, truck driving is dying. The whole entire trucking industry is in its death throes right now, and I kind of explained a little bit why, in my opinion you know, that is, and their reply is, you should make a podcast about that, No, uh, that's a good idea, it's, you know, maybe people are interested, and well, if you're not, I'm wondering why you're here on my, uh, podcast, but, uh, let's get to it, all right, so the death of truck driving, Oh, to talk to you about the deaths, I probably need to talk to you about the birth, it's, um, Truck driving started, well, oh, hundreds and hundreds and, who knows, thousands of years ago uh, with, you know, somebody wanting to move something to somewhere else, and they put it all in a wagon, and uh, a horse pulls that wagon to market or wherever the heck they're going, and uh, soon you'd pay somebody else to do that for you, It's uh, and that model of trucking or transportation Lasted well thousands of years. It's um, and it it was solid. I mean, you've got a most of y'all have heard about the uh, Oregon Trail, the covered wagon trains going out west over, you know, from out east through uh, St. Louis all the way out into the Rockies, landing in California. Those were, you know, at least back then, modern day truck drivers. It's um, teamsters. As it would be, and we'll get into the teamsters and the union in a bit. It's they had a they had a place in life, and it was a risky job. It was a risky job. Bandits and uh, people trying to steal stuff from them, rob them, kill them. Wild animals, running out of food. Uh, the century, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you played Oregon Trail, I'm pretty sure you're sure of all the things that can happen to uh, people out on the trail. And then in the 1800s, they started fiddling around and making um, automobiles. And once you had an automobile, you had a truck. It's um, And once you had a truck, you had a trucking company. And all of a sudden, people are realizing, like, we can put all this stuff on, on a trailer, a bigger trailer. And this truck can move it between point A and point B. And that got really exciting at the possibilities that the trucking industry could offer to you. Um, Moving larger quantity of freight and longer distances. And all you needed was a guy to sit inside that truck and drive it. And yeah, because of how long that trip was going to be, he wouldn't get home. And, you know, he'd have to just sleep there in the driver's seat or maybe he could take some little pills or something to keep him awake. And, oh, yeah, back in the day, there was a ton of that, too. People popping little white pills trying to stay awake, sadly. But it is a fact of where the industry's been. Um, But you went through that and uh, over time it slowly grew uh, the Roaring 20s into the 30s were a magical time. A lot of uh, companies get together, but they, they there was a structure back then that they all fell underneath. Um, in the uh, Independence Commerce Administration, I believe is what it's called, back in 1887, that was created in a large grouping of laws uh, started back then. It's basically, you could call it, heavy and tight regulation of the transportation industries. Now, that would include airplanes, uh, rail, boating, trucking, uh, anything y'all wanted to shove together is kind of how uh, the transportation of goods was regulated, not just uh, transportation like you hopping in a car and going somewhere. That. Those would be regulated by other uh, people, and that could be a podcast for another day, um, if ever. Um, But in regards to the movement of commerce, uh, moving freight for other people, that became very tightly regulated. So you couldn't just go buy a truck and go, I'm going to be a trucking company. It didn't work that way. You had to apply. You had to get authority to do so, get your own uh, operating authority. And then they wanted to ask you, well, where were you going to go? What were you going to haul? For example, you may be all set up to move oranges from Miami to Atlanta. And you're like, all right, I got all the equipment. You call them. You're going to go, hey, I'm going to move oranges from Miami to Atlanta. And they go, we got somebody who does that already. Sorry. They uh, they paid the money. Uh, they have the authority to do that so we're not going to give you that authority. And all of a sudden you're like, uh, but I want to. And the government goes, you can't. That's not how that's going to work. So you'd have to be like, well, can I move, if they have all the produce, can I move building materials? And they go, yes, you can do that. It'll cost you X, Y, Z amount of dollars. And it actually wasn't too horrible of a cost uh financially it wasn't too difficult to get into um your costs were involved with uh well driver pay and the equipment and trying to keep the equipment running over the road it's um but you'd get that entry into it and now that's all you did if anyone wanted to move um freight between uh building materials between Miami and Atlanta that was you Nobody else got that. That was all yours. So you could call all these little monopolies. And, yes, that's that. that it's pretty close to that. It's pretty close to that. Uh, you had to publish your freight rates. And uh, it's a lot of people kind of worked together on their freight rates, kept them up uh, pretty high because, well, they had to pay drivers. If you think about this, you needed a man to sit inside a truck when maybe it had a bed in it and if it did the bed was not even as wide as the the driver was and you were asking him to just go out there and drive all the way up to atlanta and back then there was you didn't have interstates mind you so it was all little back roads it could take him a day or two to get up there and then a day or two to come on back um And that's a different thing you had to pay for. You know, hopefully you had something to bring back with you. It's, uh, you had to pay him a pretty penny to be able to do that. It's, uh, and truck drivers, I mean, that was, uh, that was good times and good days. Uh, Over the course of several decades, um, you know, they kind of hit out their maximum that they wanted uh, in the trucking industry the government wasn't too keen on letting anybody else in so you had a lot of people having their mini monopolies over hauling xyz product in this region or these freight lanes uh and life was good for a lot of trucking companies um especially the truck drivers now back then unions were a really big part of our country and very very big part of um, the trucking industry, specifically, it's um, it was easily the way out of the well being poor and moving up into a solid middle class. It's a uh, beautiful time in truck driving. I mean, you could look at at the height of the trucking industry in like 1960s, 1970s, when um, I mean it was the height of pay, the height of uh, freight rates. It just uh, the golden days, the old truck drivers. When they talk about the good old days, they're talking about the '60s and '70s. Your average rate of pay for truck drivers was over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Now adjusted for inflation, but still, that's pretty damn impressive. Uh, if you think about it, on how much they were making, people it, they put their kids through college. They it's they'd maybe buy a truck if they could and start their own trucking company um they'd have homes they'd have families, and they may be out on the road for a month to three months at a time. yeah, that happened too. truck driver's not getting home very much at all, but they'd have farms that they'd take care of. It was um good times honestly uh at least they call it the good old days. Um, there were bad parts to it, you know, trucks not having air conditioners, tires going flat all the time or blowing out, and you having to change your own tires or do your own maintenance on the trucks because you couldn't call the trucking company. There wasn't a payphone, phone, you know, more than 100 miles around you. So you had to do uh, the work. Truck drivers would pull over onto the shoulder anytime they saw another truck driver to help them fix their equipment. There was a brotherhood, and yes, back in the day, they were called kings of the road it's uh that's just not the way things are now and uh why is it not that way well as i said back in 1980s or 1887 you had massive tight regulation and it stayed that way it it got tighter and tighter uh on the uh entry into truck driving especially being regulated And then in 1971, a president that I am not a fan of called Richard Nixon got it into his head, along with Congress, that um, they were going to deregulate the transportation industries, kind of let the companies regulate themselves. And that sounds real crazy to a lot of people, but you got to look at it back then. That was kind of public sentiment is uh getting rid of regulation there's too much regulation we got to get rid of it you know the country would be better the economy would be better if we all could just get rid of regulation so uh they started in the early 70s and it took them a while to uh deregulate the uh, railroad industry and deregulate the uh airplane or air industry and you may be thinking, but these industries are highly regulated though. They are, they are. Don't don't get me wrong. But they're it's the type of regulations, entry into the uh industries and um what the companies can do, they deregulated a lot of it. And uh, many regulations have changed since then and we got a whole boatload more now. But let's get back to it here. So he started to deregulate, and they had all these laws written up. And a president by the name of Jimmy Carter decided to sign a bill in 1980 to deregulate the trucking industry. And you ask a lot of old-time truck drivers. I mean, guys have been driving for over 30, 40, 50 years, and they will tell you that. Signed the death certificate for the trucking industry right there. Now, times were good for a few years. I mean, hey, you had people buying trucks, starting trucking companies left and right. And now, you weren't just restricted to building materials from Miami to Atlanta. Oh, no, you could take those building materials all the way over to California. And that could take months and months to get out there. Uh, the uh, transportation uh, infrastructure, the interstate system, is still uh, being built, still growing It's uh, back then. I mean, you had some highways, but your little U.S. routes and state routes, uh, you know, all across the country, those were your main trucking thoroughfares, your freight lanes, so to speak. Uh, if any of you all familiar with uh, Route 66, Oh, yeah, that was a big one there. U.S. 30, U.S. 40, the old mother road, National Road. Um, a lot of those were major trucking uh, routes. and You had traffic lights in small towns. You didn't do 55 to 70 miles an hour out there. No, you might have only been doing 25 to 45 miles an hour, which, again, that's kind of par for the course back then. You had the big um, fuel problem back in, what was that, the 80s? where everybody had to start doing only 55 miles an hour on the interstates and back roads, national highway system, just restricting the speed limit. They called it an old double nickel, 5-5, five, for five, 55 miles an hour. So trucks went slow, and it took a long time to get between point A and point B. Now, they made it easier for trucking companies to start hiring a lot more drivers because you had more routes. You can go places. And, man, it was a uh, circus. It was wild. Trucking companies just going left and right, hiring people, buying equipment, growing by leaps and bounds. They say within the first few years, I think six years, from 1980 to 1986, and it's, uh, they doubled from 20,000 to 40,000 trucking companies. I mean, you had guys, just one guy by himself, bought a truck, Got his own authority. That's it. That's his own trucking company. And uh, good. That's the American dream, they say. It's uh, but competition. Well, we're going to get into competition. It got fierce. Um, Remember how I talked about how trucking companies, they were union. If you wanted to drive a truck, you had to join the union. And uh, unions were pretty fierce about protecting themselves back then and stopping outside competition from coming into their little world. Well, once deregulation happened, unions started sliding down. And uh, it's taken a while. Unions are still out there, but very tiny, very tiny. The Teamsters are very uh, poorly represented now. It's in most companies, they could just get rid of the union and the drivers would have no recourse. And go ahead and go on strike. It's, there's tons of trucking companies out there that can pick up the slack. There is an overabundance of trucking companies uh, right now in the United States of America. And um, it's um, it's kind of tough, especially with companies now like Amazon and uh, Walmart always moving freight at the last minute. You click on it on your computer, and then one day later, two days later, it's sitting on your front porch. That takes a lot of infrastructure and a lot of trucking companies, a lot of drivers to make those type of things happen all right going back though to 1980 yeah that was the death of unions they started dying off because now you got independent people buying their own trucks you didn't need to be in a union to join those trucking companies and um they went on strike they they had some success but not a lot most truck drivers just aren't capable of coordinating with each other we're we're very uh anti-social creatures we we don't make friends with other truck drivers that easily. So not a lot of communication, therefore not a lot of striking, and therefore a lot of trucking companies, union drivers, just leaving companies, going to other ones. And it was a bad day. Pay. Now here's here's the big pickle, and this one's going to focus a lot in the rest of this podcast, is driver paychecks. Once you started seeing all these new trucking companies popping up, the shippers, now these are the people that manufacture the product or they ship the product, they had more options available to them. They call up ABC Company. Now, ABC Company's been in business since 1930. They are used to charging, say, $2 for every mile that a load's going to cost. And Bob's Bob's Woodshop Company calls him. and goes, hey, I need to ship this stuff from Miami to Atlanta. They all right, well, it's the same price as always, been two dollars. And Bob says, Well, I got XYZ company, they just started and uh they only gonna charge me a dollar fifty. So I'm gonna go with them. And boom. Competition. Now with competition, you know, it helps. That helps a lot of people get into business. But it was a race for the bottom. Trucking companies undercutting each other just as aggressively as they could just to get business, just to keep in business. And you went from, Lord, I've heard of $5 a mile. I still hear of it from rarely from time to time. I've heard of companies taking loads for $0.60 a mile at some points, just anything they could to keep keep their trucks moving keep their drivers employed and but truck drivers well they started getting rid of those expensive truck drivers and they started hiring the cheap truck drivers because only charging 60 cents or a dollar a mile they couldn't continue to afford to pay people that the equivalent of over a hundred thousand dollars a year They just couldn't afford it anymore. So pay has dropped, or pay, in a better way of putting it, remains stagnant. Uh, Even though the uh, shippers' costs went down, freight rates went down, It's a lot of things have happened over time. You have not seen pay go up. In fact, pay is pretty equivalent to... Well, it's less than. Right now, you've got most truck drivers, the average, average truck driver is starting out. My Lord, I know guys starting out at 28000 30000 The average pays only 40000 Now, yes, you got got uh, truck drivers out there making much more. Um, but after expenses, like an owner-operator saying, I make $100,000 a year. I'm like, all right, after your truck payment, after buying fuel, insurance, tires, and he goes, I make about 35000 So even owning your own truck can not be that profitable. Some of y'all are listening to this going, well, hell, I make more than thirty-five, forty thousand dollars 40000 a year, and you work in an office working 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and here I am and other truck drivers, we're out here working sixty. 70 hours a week, no day off, 14-hour-a-day work days, driving in traffic and snow and all sorts of other stuff, and we're making, well, thirty five, forty, forty five thousand dollars $45,000 a year. And uh, that doesn't sound right. And you're right. It's not right. That is a big issue uh, in here. See, you don't – people leave – there are a lot of people that have left the trucking industry. They're just not interested in staying it any longer because pay's not that high. And you'll hear of another trucking company, pay more. Right now there's a company called JB Hunt that is offering me eighty thousand dollars a year. Now that I have a hard time believing them, but okay, maybe seventy thousand, you know, maybe they're kinda buttering it up at the top with bonuses and sign-on bonuses Uh, and $80,000 a year. Okay, yeah, I could go there because I'm sure as heck not making that right now. I'm significantly below that. I look at my company. I make 43 cents a mile right now. And you're thinking, well, hell, you drive 1,000 miles a week. You just made $430. Like, you're right. That company's paying their drivers 65 cents a mile. So I could make easily another four to five hundred dollars more a week than I'm making now, just working for them. That's that's big money. That that's that's not something to scoff at, right there. Uh, so you got companies paying more, but then you find out it's sign-on bonus. Right now, uh, I know companies offering twenty thousand dollars sign-on bonus. Come over to them, and people think, oh, I'll go over to them. It's still not enough money for what you give. Especially when I can go, say, be at a home, live somewhere, um, you know, see my children every morning and put them off into school, go drive a truck, you know, and uh, or I'm sorry, not drive a truck, but work in an office for eight hours, come home, make them dinner, have dinner with them, have a good old time, go to bed in my own bed, shower every day, you know, go to games and other events, see friends on the weekends and make Almost comparable money. The trucking industry is no longer that gateway to middle class. Not when the majority of drivers are getting paid down around 40. Now, I mentioned 80. I've been driving now coming up on 17 years. So, it's my experience can lend itself to helping me out financially. But my current job, they're not going to up my pay. They don't need to. They already have me and they figure I'm not going to leave. The only way of making more is by leaving. And uh, you get that. Uh, you've probably heard of uh driver turnover or uh turnover in a company. You know, it's uh, they're like, yeah, hey, we got too many drivers or too many employees quitting. I keep on calling people drivers. You know, that's my industry. Um, we got too many people quitting. It's uh, our turnovers, 100%. It's um, we have people, almost a whole entire company quit every year worth of people. Well, the trucking industry, uh, they call it churn. They don't call it turnover because it's so aggressive. You have 300% turnover or churn in the trucking industry, which means that they'll buy a truck and over the course of a year, you'll have three drivers have been assigned to that truck. Most drivers last only about four months. and The company I work for is used to hiring new drivers. So you'll have people go to CDL school, spend five grand on a CDL driver's license, commercial driver's license to drive a truck. And then they'll only last four months out here before they either go to another company because they think they can make more money or they just flat out quit and say, nope, it's not worth it. They'd rather go and for only just a few thousand dollars less a year, go back to seeing their family. Uh, being able to see the boys down at the bar or down at the uh, fire department or wherever the case it is, their social life is. And they could have a life just, you know, not stressing about where am I going to park tonight? Where am I, how am I going to eat food? You know, where am I going to go to the bathroom? These trucks don't have bathrooms inside of them. And a lot of trucks don't have the comforts that mine does. I got microwave, coffee maker, crock pot. You know, I've got ways of eating and keeping myself taken care of but a lot of trucks don't a lot of trucks out here it's um they're hot they're cold they're miserably uncomfortable and it's uh and they put brand new drivers in there figuring the drivers will stay so you will hear about the trucking industry say there is a driver shortage they go we are short over sixty to eighty thousand drivers across the country. We we have a hard time moving freight. We can't put it. We don't have enough truck drivers to stay in our trucks. They all quit. And uh, yeah, they think it's because the trucks aren't nice enough. So my company went out and got nicer mattresses for people to sit on, or uh, sleep on, or you know what? Maybe truck drivers are quitting. Because it's um, the seats aren't comfortable enough. So they put nice seats in there. And I got a nice seat. Or maybe um, they want to be able to cook food. So we'll make it so they can have microwaves and refrigerators in the truck. And I went out and spent lots of money on a refrigerator and a microwave. Uh, it's, uh, but it's still, they're still missing the thing. Because they don't want to admit that it's not a driver shortage. It's a pay shortage. If we got paid what, you know, what we were due, what we should get paid, well, I don't know. Things would be a lot different. Shippers wouldn't be able to make as much money. Amazon wouldn't have billions and trillions of dollars, you know, just sitting around not doing nothing. It's in trucking companies. Anytime they have to raise rates, they push it onto the shippers and the shippers push it onto the consumers. And, that's why you may see the price of gasoline go up or the price of a gallon of milk go up because trucking companies, they, they can't find truck drivers to sit in their trucks and drive them around. So uh, eventually, they, with no other options, they will raise prices. And uh, to give you an, a, a viewpoint, I started driving in January 2003 at $0.25 cents a mile. So a quarter for every mile, I'd drive four miles, I'd make a dollar. Um, and not too shabby, if I drove 40 miles an hour, I'd make, well, $10 an hour. And eh, back then, you know, the trucks were slow. They didn't go that fast. And I, my company had me running a lot of back roads, so I'd only average about 50 miles an hour. So about $12 and change an hour. Now, I just said I only made about $12 an hour to start driving a truck. I'm only making 43 cents a mile an hour. So I've had 15, to, 60 to 18 cents a mile pay increase in 17 years. That's about a penny a year, just about. And uh, I do it, I work hard, I bust my butt at what I do, and I'm, I like to think I'm a professional at what I do. But we all know, it's at least truck drivers know, They don't pay us enough. They don't pay us enough for what they want out of us. So they wonder now why. what they have to do now. They will give workers from other countries temporary work visas because they tell the government, my company included, we can't find enough drivers to drive our trucks. We need to bring in people from other countries. So you will see a lot of people from Russia, uh, from South America, from all over. It's... uh, generally areas that are poor, that have a hard time, um, I don't know, supporting themselves. And they will bring them over here, and my Lord, making thirty, forty grand a is huge money in comparison. And uh, they'll give them temporary work visas. And this is not a small problem. I pull into a truck stop, and almost half the drivers I see are... Well, they're from other countries. They will be going back to those other countries someday. It's, I don't know, one year, two years, five years. I'm I'm not sure. Now, I don't have a problem with those boys and girls coming over here and trying to make a dollar. That I don't have a problem with at all. It's, uh, you got the opportunity, you take the opportunity, make that dollar, you know, and then they send it home to their family. I don't judge them for that at all because, well, I my money... <laughs> Uncle Sam takes, or the state of Pennsylvania takes my money out of my check and makes sure it goes to my daughter's. So it's uh, making sure you make enough money to take care of the people you love. I get it. I respect it. I have a problem with my company and the industry as a whole for not paying their drivers enough so this way they can hire more people. You know, take care of those people that right now, like in West Virginia, who... You know, the coal mines have closed up and they don't know what the heck to do. Give them a chance to drag themselves out of those holes and put them back into the middle class. Create a middle class. My opinion, middle classes. If it ain't gone now, it's almost gone. You've got, well, the poor and the rich. It's uh, an opinion, maybe for another day. Uh, So what does the future hold? Well, it seems that uh, trucking companies and technology and Other fancy smart companies have figured out a way to address the driver shortage, and it's not pay. It is technology. They have created electronic devices that will go ahead and monitor every tiny thing this truck does. Every tiny little mile per gallon, every time I hit the brakes, everything. The truck almost drives itself, and I'm not kidding you on that one. The truck pretty much drives itself. Uh, I push a button here, and it will speed up and slow down based off of the terrain. GPS knows where the mountains are, so it'll speed me up a little bit to the hill. And then it'll let off the fuel, and I'll go nice and slow down the other side. Saving fuel, therefore saving dollars. Uh, the truck uh, gets has a radar. It locks into the vehicle in front of it. Doesn't let me get too close. It'll hit the brake pedal and slow me down. I literally, I push this button, and right now all I do is steer. And they are, my company, other companies have vehicles out there that are self-driving trucks. You may have heard of self-driving cars. They're real. Oh, Lord, they're real. There's a ton of them out there now. Hell, they're available to the public. You can go out and buy a Tesla right now, and it's got, like, a self-driving feature. Um, There are tractor trailers on the road right now that are self-driving. It's... uh. And my company and other companies like them are working hard as can be spending billions of dollars instead of paying people. Spending billions of dollars to find ways so this way they can pay truck drivers less. That way they'll only need us to sit behind the wheel for kind of driving inside the cities or driving into customers and out of customers. But once you hit that interstate, push the button. And the truck will just drive all on its own, all the way across the country if they wanted it to. And you won't need to do a dang thing except maybe pull off the road into large rest area type of places to get fuel and uh, maybe swap out with another driver. And uh, I've already heard pay will go down. Once they got these fancy trucks, uh, they're like, we can offer 10 cents less a mile because the driver's. Won't be working as much, even though I'd be sitting behind the wheel, ready to drive. They don't call it working. So, you've got a lot of things happening in here, out here, in the world, and truck driving is changing, and it's been changing. Oh gosh, from thousands of years ago to today, into the future. It's uh, there are well, that's that's how life works. It just keeps on changing. So. I'd like to thank you for listening to me, listening to me jaw on about, you know, the way it used to be, the big changes, deregulation, and driver pay, the driver shortage, and then how technology is, well, someday you may not even have truck drivers. And there are currently 3 million truck drivers in the United States of America uh, who need these jobs, myself, one of them. Because all of a sudden you take three million people and tell them they don't have a job, oh, that's that's a bad thing. All right, y'all, I want to thank you again for spending your time with me. I had a blast. This is probably the longest podcast I've made, sitting at thirty six minutes so far. Um, you stay safe out there. I tell my daughters. I'll tell everyone out there. I only wish three things for them. I want you to stay safe. I want you to be healthy. And I want you to be happy. And if we can work on all three of those things, it'll be a good day. All right? You stay between the lines. Keep it shiny side up. I'll see you later.